the magic hour. Mercedes and Jay. Support for this episode is brought to you by Wild Foods. Wild Foods is a food company that puts quality, sustainability, and health first in all of their products. They have everything from coffee to fish oil, and every single product is painstakingly sourced from small farms around the globe. They take their mission seriously to fix the broken food system and believe real food is medicine, as do we here on the show. And Wild Food products are all gluten-free, preservative-free, soy-free, and they have many vegan and organic options as well. Yeah, I actually stopped by their shop in Austin. It's at a really convenient location for me. And I was surprised at how many products I've been using for years that they carry, like all in one spot from MCT oil to cacao butter to um, a mushroom blend to collagen. I mean, they, they had like everything and it's, it's the best stuff. Like their protein powder is no sugar added. They use stevia and it's, um, vegan plant-based, but it has, um, the flavor is pumpkin chai, which I mean, Mm. it's like the best flavor. And then, um, there, I mean, I use MCT oil every day, but what I also love is that, um, a lot of people do like mushroom coffee, but they had matcha, which is what I would use. And I also, they, they like make coffee in house, which is amazing. Mm -hmm. They do like some keto truffle stuff, but they have all the stuff there that you can order online as well. And there's so much research, you guys, that on the benefits of mushrooms and wild foods has the highest quality available on the market. They even have their own proprietary blend of mushrooms to American cacao powder called the Coco Tropic that you have to try to believe. I It's my nightcap every night and mm-hmm. it's like it's like a hot cocoa, but it has reishi in it, which, you know, helps calm you. So it's perfect for right before bed. Yummy. I need to get all those things. I actually just signed up with them, so I will put my order in this evening. Yeah. All right, guys. Wild Foods is real food with real ingredients, and our listeners get 12% off your entire order. That is right. Wild Foods is offering the Magic Hour listeners, our Magic Mobbers, 12% off your entire order. So to sign up, go to wildfoods.co slash discount slash magic hour. You know we spell magic, M-A-J-I-C. Again, Go to wildfoods.co slash discount slash magic hour to get your discount. And that's wildfoods.co slash discount slash M-A-J-I-C-H-O-U-R. This is part two of the Jade Bryce interview. Um, (laughs) That's amazing. So, okay. We like to use the word intuitive on this podcast so as not to scare anyone off. But I want you to... Explore with us the abilities that you have had really since you were a young child that you started noticing and then have honed in on more in the later years of your life here. So so, tell me about that. So I believe that we're all intuitive um, and that we either discredit it or we're discredited by others by them saying it's your imagination or by us being scared of it. And so we turn it off. Um, and, and, and so just let's give it a, your definition of intuition. Well, it's what most people would consider psychic. It's being able to have an inner knowing of, um, the spiritual realm, I guess. And, um, like trusting your gut instinct can be intuition. Right. But like, I, to me, intuition is, um, it's, a less scary word of psychic, right? The way I, I mean, I'm going to just add my description in here too and see if it resonates with mm-hmm. you. But the way that feels right for me is that intuition is the ability to use 
tools, whatever those are. Um, and for me, it's learning uh, how people speak and the way that they uh, the they use certain words, the words they choose to use can give me a knowing into the type of person they are. Are they avoidant? Are they someone who is a forward, mm-hmm. you know, someone who comes toward mm-hmm. um, or are yeah, they I micro agree. expressions that they're using that tell me a little mm-hmm. bit about what they're feeling when they're saying a sentence that may not have anything to do with what's actually going on inside of them. Mm-hmm. And then there's a whole trail of those things that you can get really good at reading when you're just seeing a person sitting in front of you and it becomes so ingrained that it becomes a knowing without having to even think consciously about what's uh what you're reading on a person you don't even have to really yeah I do think that's intuition I think um the other word too like clairvoyant Mm -hmm. so for me I can see um people as their animal allies I can see their chakras Mm -hmm. um almost always the bottom three but sometimes all of them um and then um, I can see the auras and what's in their aura space. I can see if their aura is really close to their body or if it's really far out. Um, I can sometimes see past trauma. Um, that's a repeated pattern. Um, and so you, and I can in see, this case, you're visually seeing these things. Mm-hmm. Yes, and I've luckily learned to turn them on and off. Okay. But I can, um, because before I didn't know how to turn them and off. How and long have you I been able to, feel to see this stuff? Only like a year and a half, actually. But it's been actually when I was a kid, I would see things like that. Um, And the difference, I think, is I was not discredited and I didn't discredit myself. Mm -hmm. I wasn't scared of it. And my mom, because I would say things and she'd be like, holy heck, how did she how did she know that? How did she see that? Um, I wasn't I didn't feel discredited. I think that the thing is, is when I got into that church, it became a thought Uh, of that's evil. mm -hmm. That's something you don't want to mess with. But I didn't necessarily turn it off as much as I did have fear of it. Yeah. And do you remember um, any instances when you were young that that came up before you turned um, it off? I saw my um, I saw my mom's grandmother. I talked about this in the Paul Selig interview. I saw her grandmother. This is the one that sticks out the most for me because it says. It was as clear as day. Mm-hmm. I saw her in the bathroom with me telling me to tell my mom that she loved her and that she wishes she could make flour tortillas for her. And I had never met this woman. Um, and my mom, this is back before cordless phones, was in the kitchen on the wire phone, you know, hooked up to Landline. the wall. Heard, uh-huh. Yeah. Heard me talking to someone and said, who are you talking to? And I said, your grandma. She had just She had just passed away. I didn't even know that. Um, I was only like two or three. I was like Jaya's age. And I said, your grandma, she said that she loves you very much. And she wishes she was here to teach you how to make flour tortillas. And my mom, I guess, since she had just passed away, had just been um, feeling like, because she was such a, um, like kind of an emotionally hard woman, because she had to be, because she was tough, um, because of stuff she went through. My mom never really experienced love from her. And she also was like, I never got her flour tortilla recipe. It's mm. lost with her. And um, I had, I didn't know those things. Like maybe she had said them in front of me, but like I was only, you know, so yeah. young. And I saw her. I saw her in front of me. And so like that happened. And then um, um, about a year and a half ago, it was after I started, you know, I had been doing medicine for a couple of years, plant medicine. And so I started to open up that part of my brain again, too. Started to believe in that stuff more. And I started to see. So one of the first signs of being clairvoyant, one of the most obvious signs is that you sometimes see flashing lights mm. when something is trying to communicate with you. And I started to see that and started to think, oh, fuck, am I 
am I going crazy? And um, then found out that that was one of those um, things that like the spiritual realm is trying to connect with you or tell you something. Um, and then I started to see things like people as their animal allies. And I started to feel um, presences, um, uh, spiritual presences. And um, one time my ex-partner had a friend over and he came in and I saw a brown aura around him, which is very low functioning. Brown and gray mm. is like low functioning. It's usually to do with like addiction or depression. Um, I saw a brown aura around him. And I'm, I was so used to seeing auras at this time that it didn't phase me. I, I would see them. I, if anything, I was trying to learn to not judge people for what mm-hmm. I saw because mm-hmm. I was trying to remember they are not, this is not their intention. This is not what they want you to see. Right. You like, if you're going to have this gift, you have to separate the two. Um, and especially like with coworkers, you know, um, and I saw him with his brown aura. I saw him come and sit on the couch and then I saw a woman sit down next to him. And I thought, I knew, I knew it wasn't a real woman. I knew that it was a spirit because okay. it's just a different energy. It's a, it's a different, there's a different presence, okay. the feeling. I don't know how to explain it, but she sat there and I thought, huh, mm, this is why I don't like having visitors because I don't like the energy that sometimes people can bring in mm-hmm. the home. And I just thought like, mm, this doesn't, I don't like this. And she looked at me and the message was very clear. Don't worry. I'm not here to do harm to anybody. I'm, I go where he goes. I'm going to leave when he leaves. I'm just, I'm just here to be with him. Mm-hmm. And she didn't have any wrong intention. Like there was no mm-hmm. fearful intentions. Like I didn't feel any ickiness. Just the thought of like, there's an entity in my yeah. house. And you didn't um, know how to feel about that. Exactly. And also just that like, I'm seeing this, right. they're not right. like, I feel like a kook. Yeah. And, um, but I felt like I was communicating with this woman and there was a sad feeling. There was a really sad feeling. Um, and they left. I didn't, I didn't necessarily not sleep well, but it is a weird thing to, yeah. to see, you know, and this isn't, too rare for me and um but i also don't feel like i have many people that i can talk to about this right and um so i talked to my shaman and he was like you need to you need to get some training you need to be able to be around other people who are seeing the same stuff and um that you can um express this with so i signed up for boulder psychic institute the crazier thing though is um i told my ex-partner that I was going to sign up for Boulder Psychic Institute, that I was seeing these things. I was so scared to tell him because I already felt like judged by him and such already so much. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, um, I, I told him like, these are some of the things I'm seeing. Um, this is what I see in the bathroom. Uh, this is what I feel in our bedroom. And, um, I, none of it was really resonating with him. But when I told him about that woman, Mm. He looked, he was like as white as a ghost and was like, oh, wow, his mom had just died and um, they didn't have a very good, like they didn't really have a good ending mm-hmm. or like a good relationship. Mm-hmm. And so it made sense that she was like still with him. trying to be, yeah, and like be with him and like there was unfinished business there, you know, and like she wanted to make sure he was okay. I don't know. Um but I had no, I didn't even, I don't even know that guy's name. Like, yeah. I don't, don't even think I was introduced to him. Um, 
but so the fact that like he was like wow and i explained what she looked like and everything and he um validated that um he validated that um made it to where um he at least kind of supported me doing that school um but yeah things like that happen just things where um i see entities or i see someone as their animal ally i see their their chakras um to know what kind of mental state they're in at that moment um and it's not it's something i'm thankful for um because i have been doing those soul guide sessions i guess or soul readings i'm not sure what to call them yet yeah you're doing readings now for people and they've so far um everyone has cried and experienced a lot of healing so um i'm thankful for the gift but it also makes me feel even it even makes it harder to relate to people because i feel Mm -hmm. even weirder um and i don't know if people believe me when i say what i see um and when someone says they don't see anything it makes me feel like um strange to them Hmm. you know yeah i mean i think anything that we can't see and put our hands on ourselves and really get a grasp of mentally ourselves becomes something that's fearful and then we name it things like Mm -hmm. magic or woo woo or um and I think psychic is one of those words too where we put that we classify or it. dark and evil is what I yeah, hear. Yeah, we classify those things magic in woo-woo-ness. Spirit. But I see it as like a tool that can even draw us closer to God if we're using it the right way. No, I it's, agree, it can be saying... used to heal and to raise to a higher self. Right. And I think that's the thing is what's the intention with it and where are you doing mm-hmm. with it? But at the same time, I think people just generally things that we don't know clearly for ourselves become we judge scary and fearful and they put anyone mm-hmm. who's who you know considers themselves able to um do magic or be a psychic yeah. or whatever we put them in that mm-hmm. box too because mm-hmm. that's our instinctual nature to yeah anything we don't know about and we're not sure about we'd be fearful of it first in case it can kill us essentially you know our yeah. ego doesn't want to be killed so yeah that's a struggle with it the other struggle is just doubt like Am I just imagining all this stuff? And then when I do a session with someone and I tell them everything and they're like, oh man, like it all, you know, lines up perfectly for Mm -hmm. them. Then I'm like, oh, okay. Okay. Maybe I should be doing this. But there was a friend that you had connected me to, to do a session. And I instantly, right when I, cause I I can usually look at someone's picture Mm -hmm. right when I saw it, I was like, she's a viper. She's a snake. Mm -hmm. But then I saw a past life that didn't correlate with the paperwork that I had her fill out. And, and I also just thought like, it's weird. The snake was weird to me. I thought like, are you sure? But I kept seeing her every single picture of her. She was a snake, but I was just doubting myself and doubting that like this, um, vision I had was even helpful Mm -hmm. to her. Um, and, uh, so I was laying in bed and I was thinking like, "Mm, just call it off, cancel the appointment. You don't really need to be doing this. Like, what's the point? There's so help people through the podcast. You don't really need to be doing this. And mostly because I doubted the snake and the vision. Um, and I had just ordered Instacart groceries the night before and they were due to arrive, you know, right at when I was getting up. And so the, the, there was a knock on the door. I get up while I'm thinking about this. I get up, I go to the door and I don't, I live in a busy neighborhood next to an elementary school. I open the door and the grocery lady's like super spooked. And she's like, looks down and I look down and there's a snake 
mm. as sitting at my doorstep. Mm. And, um, and I was just like doubting the right. whole snake scenario, you know? And she was like, there's a snake. <laughs> and she's like walking backwards. There's a snake just saying it yeah. over and over. And I was like, this is so weird. <laughs> and, um, and, and then like the day before that girl's session, someone sent me a card with a snake that had pink flowers all over it, which is like no. not really a card no. you would normally get. Um, so there are like little confirmations that I am yeah. supposed to be doing this and, and to like embrace it. But I definitely get my doubts and I definitely get my insecurities around it because it's just another thing that I feel makes me weird, right. you know? Um, and so you see spirit animals on people just walking around and you just this guy's an owl and this guy's a frog and this guy girl's so a now i've yeah now i've pretty much learned to turn it on and off to where if i want that to be on mm-hmm. i walk myself through a certain channeling meditation mm-hmm. and then i'm seeing it on almost everybody okay um i've i've kind of fine-tuned it to where if i don't do that i'm not seeing it unless it's like meant to be seen okay Um, And if I'm ever, yeah, and if I'm ever um, exhausted or if I've had, which I don't, I haven't been drunk in like 10 years, but (laughs) if I'm ever exhausted or if I've had like um, some alcohol, Mm -hmm. I typically, things are really foggy. Like I can see something, Mm -hmm. but it's like, it's like, it's not clear, fuzzy. Yeah. That is so interesting. I'm also still learning the benefit of it. Like, okay, yeah, I can see these things. What's the benefit? Yeah, and what's the benefit out. to telling this person? Right, like I need to figure out what each animal represents, and doing these sessions has helped because then I'm studying that animal. Mm-hmm. I'm like, wow, that makes so much sense. How this can be beneficial. Yeah, you're but when you first see someone as a snake, you're like, that hmm. doesn't sound like someone want, someone wants to know. Yeah, <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. I saw someone as a hyena, and I'm like, hmm. I want all the people who hate cats to be cats. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> um, so you've told me I'm a a sphinx cat. Mm-hmm. Which obviously resonates with me because everyone knows I'm a crazy cat lady, but also because but it's such a weird looking sphinx guy. It's like very um, Egyptian and like just perfect posture and like which resonates me even with me even more because of my obsession with Egypt. And so there's many things that I think when you and then I, I looked up cat and the first thing it talks about is it being a bridge. And I consider mm. myself a bridge. So it's just you are, yeah. it's so interesting the way that we can use things like um, when you have a reading, for instance, and you tell someone their spirit animal, you talk about, you know, some past lives that you might have been able to witness uh, pieces mm-hmm. of or any other things that come up for you because of however you're reading them, whether or not anyone else can see it, I don't think matters because the fact of the matter is if it puts together pieces for a person's subconscious, whoever you're sitting in front of, and it's able to help them heal something or it's able to help them tap into a part of them that they weren't recognizing clearly, um, that now them being able to recognize clearly lets them put some pieces of their puzzle together, that's mm-hmm. a benefit. Like, I'm for it. I don't understand why yeah. we're ever against something that could be helpful to people, you know? Yeah, I think it's again just that fear we have this like innate fear of anything we don't know mm-hmm. about or we can't do yeah. ourselves. So you're you turn into a Japanese red fox whenever you do mm-hmm. plant medicine. Yeah, I don't know why Japanese, but it's a Japanese red fox. Yeah, well, it's just a specific type of animal, I guess. Yeah. But so you feel the little hairs. You've talked about that, I think, on previous mm-hmm. episodes, and yeah, 
you're this really playful. Mm-hmm. It's a really playful fox, really um, sensual and playful, and um, uh, like can get out of a pickle real yeah. easily. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fox usually is. I mean, the word cunning comes to mind because mm-hmm. that's cunning, cunning as a fox, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and your kiddos turn into little foxes as well for the time being, but mm-hmm. you are under the impression that as we grow, we kind of create our own new identities. Yeah, I think that children represent their parents because that's who they're mimicking. Um, and my daughter, so her dad is a wolf, and she was a wolf when we all lived in the same home, and my son was a fox. Mm-hmm. And um, now that we've you know lived, uh, they've only lived with me, now I see her as a fox. Um but, and her personality has changed a lot, but, um, I think that once they get that separation, I don't know if it's like puberty or, but they really start to define their own identity is probably when they get their own animal. Mm. Um, and it's weird because I feel like everywhere I go, not everywhere, but very often people are like, did you just see that fox? Or like, Oh, did you see that dead fox Comes on the road? A or A lot. I never see it. Like I was walking, we were, I was hiking and my friend was like, did you see that Fox family? And I was like, how did you see it? And then like my neighbor the other day was like, oh, did you see that? Do you know there's that Fox that lives on property? And I was like, what? Like yeah. it was the weirdest thing she could have said. Yeah. Uh, and again, I live in a, in like an apartment <laughs> yeah. complex. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so Where it's just weird. Where are these coming from? <laughs> oh, it's so interesting. Um, so have you ever had a psychic reading or psychic work on you? Um, yeah, only through my shaman and through um, when I attended Boulder Psychic Institute, I made it to level four. And in level three and level four, you do readings on each other. Mm, okay. So I had readings from them. And then I also got readings done through like the actual um, mentors at, at BPI, not just my classmates. Okay. And did those always resonate with you or how do you feel the person yeah, doing did. the reading navigates their skill, their abilities. So my shaman, um, so the lights that I would see at my old apartment, the flashing lights were always in my bathroom and they scared the crap out of me sometimes because I'd be sleeping and all of a sudden a flashing light would wake me up and I would try to wake up my ex-partner and say, do you see that light? And the fact that he was saying he couldn't see something that I was seeing, it just was... I just don't know how to explain the feeling that it gave me, but, um, I didn't like it. Scary. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like what's going on in my brain Mm -hmm. and, um, what's wrong with me? And what, what is trying to communicate with me and is it going to be, is it going to be a good message? And, um, again, everything we don't know about is scary. It's just immediately, we don't give it a chance to be anything else. Mm -hmm. So I kept contacting my pastors at the church and they just, they weren't coming over and, um, I thought I'm just going to contact my shaman and he came over. He's, he's very intuitive, very psychic, very clairvoyant. Um, I've never once been around this man without seeing his aura ever. Like he, his, his aura was the first aura I, I think I ever saw. Um, I see it on Tom Shadiak often, but, um, my shaman always has like, um, a red glow around his hands and then a white aura, like all around him. Um, which is very translucent and unbiased, but, um, he came in my house, he was doing his blessings everywhere. And then he walked and I did not tell him about the lights in the bathroom yet. I didn't tell him any of that. Um, 
I just told him there's some spiritual activity in my house and I'm the only one seeing it. And, um, so he goes in my bathroom and he walks back out and he like looks around at my house and like, okay, this is where I'm at. And then he walks back into my bathroom and he like steps back out. He looks around and he's like, uh, every time I walk in your bathroom, I forget where I'm at. There's a portal in there. And there's been a portal. There's a, a portal that's been opened in there. Something happened in that bathroom. And that's where entities are coming in and out of. Mm-hmm. And so I was, like, seeing that portal, basically. Um, and another thing that I hadn't told him is that there was a big, giant outburst fight that was um, uh, very unhealthy um, that happened in that bathroom with my partner. Um and the scariest night of our relationship. And um, I I did not tell my shaman that that had happened, but that's definitely, since that, since that had happened was when the, um, the activity had happened. So, um, so that not only confirmed in me, but it comforted me that like we were seeing the same thing. Um, but yeah, so I had that reading, um, on my home, which was something that I was seeing already. And then, um, and he was able to close that portal. Um, and then the readings at BPI, um, they were able to tell me, um, kind of like the mental state that I was in and the trauma that I needed to heal and that I was a repeated pattern. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, that's really all we can do. And then we can give you tools we can tell you what we see to because it's almost like an awakening for you. Like you can't ignore this anymore uh-huh. and we can give you tools to work on with that. Um, but I've never witnessed a reading or done a reading or had a reading where when the truth is spoken from the, the intuitive person or the clairvoyant mm-hmm. person where like tears don't come out mm-hmm. or like goosebumps aren't given at the time that the truth is spoken because it's like, how can you, this is someone who didn't know, so when they're saying it, how can you now ignore that this is something that needs to be dealt with or healed, you know? Mm-hmm. So I'd say that's like one of the most beneficial things is like you're facing, you're, it's in your face now, you know? Yeah. And it's interesting that energy is lives in these words and it's just a matter of when they're spoken out loud, we have a reaction. Mm-hmm. And you put a name to it for them mm-hmm. in a way that it's like... um okay, it makes sense. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. If there's a way that this allows people to put the puzzle that our big, you know, that our brains are together and Mm -hmm. and it allows healing to happen, then let's do it. You know, I'm all for it. You're, Mm -hmm. I'm glad you're doing the work to hone it because if, you know, apparently it's uh, something that has been asked of you in this lifetime. So here you are doing it. I mean, what's, it's just weird when people don't want people to be creative. They only want people to be creative in the way that they feel comfortable with, you know? Yeah. It's more like for me how, um, you know, and someone that I've recently um, had started dating, it was like he had never heard of this stuff. Mm. So it's like when you share something with someone who's never heard of it and they're not judging you, but they're like, wait, what? Yeah. They're like, it's weird. And, and like... <laughs> They're not into plant medicine. They don't want to do it. And here you are, this like hippie sipping, <laughs> you know, plant drinking stuff. Yeah. You're kind of like, what do you think I am? And am I okay with you? Like, yeah. Um, it's kind of just like, um, I don't know. I don't really know how to word it. I think it's just a, 
veering off of mainstream, again, we are tribal beings and we're always searching for uh, feeling safe. And Mm -hmm. as soon as we're not doing the same thing that all the rest of the tribe is doing, we're suddenly not safe. Mm -hmm. And that means that the people that come into our lives when we're doing something off, you know, off the beaten tribal path, we Mm -hmm. become unsafe to those people in their ego mind you know in their mind we've also just got to let people be who they are because imagine if i didn't imagine if this was a time when i couldn't um share what i see imagine how crazy i would feel burned at the stake what can i not like it's not like i can just stop seeing this stuff so like what if i wasn't accepted for this and then it's like well i'll just keep saying i'll just keep seeing this stuff and and keep it to myself imagine how Mm -hmm. how icky that would be yeah, and then people just call you crazy or burn you at the stake. And, I mean, that's what I'm saying. It's we are only comfortable with people being creative to the degree of which we're comfortable with, you know? That's and that's true. not fair because our minds are extremely just because we creative. we don't understand it. Yeah. And maybe one day it's going to be completely normal. And then it's, like, going to exactly. be weird that, you know? And I actually think it will. I think as we get um, rid of, uh, I way overuse this term, but things like toxic masculinity that are causing us to close off our creativity that are um, not allowing us to have that ability of free-spirited wild woman Mm -hmm. or wild feminine let's call it because men can have Mm -hmm. that ability too Um, Mm -hmm. we don't get to explore these parts of ourselves that could tap into the other parts of our brain you know other parts of Mm -hmm. our spirit for that matter all these things especially now that psychedelics are becoming totally um, legal might who knows what's and that happen. concept that uh, monkeys, you know, somebody has a, the who who talks about the theory of monkeys getting a hold of um, mushrooms, magic mushrooms, and mm-hmm. eating them, and then it becoming the way that they turned into human consciousness and mm. were able to expand their minds to the place where we mm. are today. That is a really cool idea. Don't have any idea if it's you know <laughs> factual, but just the fact that we can come up with shit like that because our brains yeah. have this type of creativity. We can mm-hmm. dream the wildest, weirdest things that don't make any damn sense, and we can make a movie that looks like the dream you know we had and make the world go, "What the hell were you smoking when you made that movie?" Mm-hmm. Because our brains are capable of so much more than we could ever predict. Yeah. So anyway, I'm glad you're um, helping people like I like we talk about, you know, where this podcast mm-hmm. is a lot about bridging people who might be thinking mainstream and being very safe and asking them to explore the gray a little bit. I know it feels unsafe, but it's mm-hmm. really not. It's just a matter of you getting used to it little by little. So walk on this bridge called the Magic Hour podcast with us. Well, yeah, <laughs> um, I wanted to say that a year ago, it seems like such a long time in some regards but in such a short time it always feels like it flies by right yeah and so a year ago you were we were starting this podcast you were in a completely different place um uh in in relationship especially and Mm -hmm. even physically you were living in you know you've moved a couple times since then Mm -hmm. um and mentally for sure you were in a different place and within the year some really big changes have happened the podcast was born um, you have changed the relationship you were in and went through eight months of abstinence. Oh, um, yeah. you forgetting about that. Yeah. You, I mean, there's like a <laughs> been a really big journey to today where, and now today I'd say you're 
completely different than who you were a year ago. And so mm-hmm. I just wanted you to maybe speak on that and how you got here. Yeah, that's crazy when you put it that way, because every year on New Year's Eve, I give that next year a word. And I was scared to do it, but I gave 2019 the word transformation. Mm. Like That was my word for 2019. And everything you just said, like screams transformation. <laughs> but here yeah, you are. Um, so, so in this now, in the now, right now, here we are. At coming up thriving. to the end. 2020 is Ooh, thriving. thriving. I like that's a very abundant word. I like yeah, it. Yeah, thriving. So how did you, how do you feel like, and, you know, maybe you can talk about what are the big moments that happened in the last just year from when we started mm-hmm. this podcast to now, since this is our one year anniversary, what has happened and for you, you know, in your life and, and how has that transformed you? Um, so I think starting off the year with that intention to be transformed, to have my life transformed was a big thing because I'm all about manifestation through list. And I, um, last November, knowing that I wanted this next year to be a completely different life, I wrote out my dream partner list. Mm. Um, I entitled it what I'm available for. And there was like eight, 17 or 18 things. Um, and you know, my ex-partner is not a bad person. We're just not right for each other. And, um, there's some unhealthy stuff there, but, um, I, I know he loved me. He just didn't know how to love me, how I needed. Um, and when I looked at that list, he only had one of all of those things and it made me want to be so much more intentional. Like, man, why the hell didn't I have this list before to like you know, we weed it out yeah. and like, um, not waste time. And so I said next year, or I, I knew the relationship was ending, but I, um, I knew that that next year that I was going to be true to that list. Mm. Um, and, um, so I went into the list with the year with that list and also with the transformation theme. And then also knowing I was going to be celibate, um, because like in that marriage, um, I, unlike in that marriage where I waited a year till I washed that fork. Mm. Um, I wanted to feel all the pain from this breakup so that I didn't run into the arms of different lover. Same Um, story, same story. Um, and I also didn't want to take any of the patterns and the darkness into my next partnership because I wanted that partnership to be conscious. And I also wanted to protect my energy while I healed. And so I chose to be, um, celibate. Um, I chose to, I used to smoke every single day. This is the only way I was surviving. And I chose to give that up. Um, smoke weed. Yeah, smoking weed. Mm-hmm. And also to, to cut out drinking. I mean, I, I think I maybe drink once in that whole celibacy um, with you after our South by event. <laughs> tired. We needed it. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, I, did, I, I didn't really drink though. And I, I gave up smoking and I uh, weed and I, um, and I gave up sex. I still would get um, little crushes, but I didn't, um, they knew beforehand that I was celibate and nothing was going to happen. Um, but yeah, those were that, those things were really monumental for me. And, um, I also, as scary as it was, moved into a home with my toddlers on my own. Um, not knowing if I could afford it, but knowing that, um, as stressful as that may be, my mental stress and emotional stress would be, um, different. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's been, 
um, as I mean, that really sums it up like uh, as stressful as sometimes the uncertainty can be financially or the what ifs about the future um, may all the what ifs that may have come up. Um, I had to give up. I had to stop going to BPI because I had to cut expenses and I also didn't have a partner, you know, to help out. Um, so with all of that, though, I've never felt more um safe and secure I've never felt more um you know I have um a mood journal that I've done the last couple of years where I draw something and then I label each piece of it one through 30 or one through 31 however many days are in the month and then I have a little key grid at the bottom that says different moods based on colors and I color that day of the month whatever mood I'm in and I was looking at the last two years and of October and there was, so purple is over the moon and pink is good day. And then orange is, eh, it's okay. And then from then on out, it's anxious, worried, angry, sad. Mm. Um, in the last two years, it was either orange or below. There was never pink, never purple. Mm. Um, and there was a lot of gray, which is anxious and worried. And um, I mean, there wasn't a single purple, not a single pink. And in, in either of those Octobers, because I like to go back and, and make sure that there's growth. And um, so I always have my two Octobers, you know, next to my, my present one and my present one. I mean, not to get too attached because we have highs and lows and who knows what next month may look like. Mm-hmm. But in this October, we're on day we're we're at the end of the month mm-hmm. and I've had purple on every single day, every single day. Wow. So that just shows how much. Being proactive. Yeah. And And making scary changes. Seek the pain. Like some people feel really, really stuck. Yeah. And I know I know that if I didn't have that message from Aya, maybe Mm. from Mother Ayahuasca, Mm -hmm. maybe it would have taken longer. And I know that there's times that I had told you this is my situation and this is how I'm feeling, and you would say, like, okay, let's try to get together a game plan for how we can get out of the situation. But it never felt attainable for me. Mm. Um and then in that ceremony I just knew it doesn't matter. You have to do it. Mm-hmm. Like I remember, um, last year, um, cause I like to write like few letters to my future self. And the, last year on a holiday, I re- read my previous one and then I wrote one for this year. And I wrote, you have been happy every year on this holiday for the past four years. Do not do this again. Like next mm-hmm. year, I want you to write something happy for the first time in years. Mm-hmm. And, and that was a big wake up call. So just make like really being aware of what I'm feeling. Cause it's so easy to distract ourselves and go through the motions. So just really being aware with all, uh, aware of all my feelings and being really present with them and then making scary changes. Yeah. Now being aware of my feelings and being present with them isn't as dark and scary. That's yeah. I think that's it right there is you did, you st- you took the what we call on the podcast 15 seconds of bravery to step into mm. some of that ugly stuff that you've been maybe not wanting to look at for a while and realized mm-hmm. yeah this sucks and i'm going to have to dredge through it but i can see that there is another you know i can get through i can see the other side and i'm going to dredge through this until i get there because i know this mm-hmm. is the uncomfortable work i have to do and now the work that's being done in my growth because sometimes you think sometimes like when you're in a relationship like that you think 
it's such a good tool for growth. I think that it's easy to stay in relationships that aren't good for us when we're obsessed with growth because we can think like, well, this is a way to rid myself of my ego and I'm constantly being triggered because triggers are all the freaking time in unhealthy relationships. And so you're thinking you're dealing with your trauma and you're healing and it's like, when you're obsessed with growth and with, um, just knowing the psyche. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It almost becomes like this addiction in a way. Um, and it's like in this year, I honestly feel like I've grown more than I did in that, in those, in those years in that relationship, even though relationships can be such a tool for growth, especially because your partner holds up a mirror to you, Mm -hmm. but it's like, yes, when you're in a conscious relationship. And I think sometimes we get that confused. Like we, we do think that relationships are like tools for growth, but it's like, we don't need to be in something like that to, to, you know, and so now, um, being single this year, I feel like I've grown so much, but in a way of, um, dealing with my worthiness and dealing with, um, my mindset of lack, transitioning it into a mindset of abundance. Um, so many amazing ways that I've grown this year, um, through being on my own and also through dating, like a dating people, um, has also, because uh, worthiness and lack and abundance and all of that goes into dating. So, um, so I think that sometimes though we stay in a situation too long because, um, we think we just need to change ourselves and we just need to, you know, yeah, and I think that can be tied to, I, I understand the self-deprecating nature that you're talking to there, but mm-hmm. also I think it can be tied to, or at least I've noticed in myself, to a codependence. Or yeah, to, it is codependency. Uh, yeah. uh, like for me, it's like a, a codependence and a sex addiction in a sense where I don't like to use sex addiction because it sounds so extreme, but just the idea of like getting validation through interaction mm-hmm. with your partner Sexual in that way. Sexual attention, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I think there's little, and I do feel like my codependency has been healed. Yeah. Um, and I feel like what we're attracted to, I read a quote today, the soul that we're attracted to reveals the contours of our heart. And it's also like that water seeks its own level. Mm. Um, like whatever you're attracted to reveals what you're needing to heal at that time. And I have noticed this year, I have only been attracted to healthy people wow. and to people that, um, really want to have those conversations that are life-giving and bring us both into more consciousness, you know? So I think I may have gotten rid of that conscious, that codependency through being so freaking codependent on someone and doing all that medicine and all that work in that relationship. I don't know that now I need to do all of the medicine and all, it's like a different type of growth now, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And it's a settling, like letting Mm -hmm. hindsight show you the Mm -hmm. you know show you what all you learned through that work you did Mm -hmm. that's important it's the we call it the sacred pause Mm. yeah Hmm. yeah which i don't usually do integrate with gratitude step Mm. four (laughs) integrate (laughs) integrate with gratitude that's good yeah what are some of the practices you use in your daily routine that help you stay at your best in all you know, what we've talked about here and, but what have you picked out from there maybe, or what do you do that has always helped you? Um, I, before I even get out of bed, I put on a grounding cord that I attach like to my hips Mm -hmm. visually. And like, I attach it to the center of the planet and I just let all the stuff that doesn't serve me and all the things that like are in my space. I let it go down that cord and I keep it on throughout the day so that if I do feel like 
I didn't like the way that felt or that interaction wasn't too great. I let it go through that cord. And then this isn't something that most people would feel like they could do, but visualization is so powerful, whether you think you're psychic or not. Mm-hmm. Um, I visualize each of my chakras and I visualize myself tuning them into how I want them. Mm-hmm. So like your root chakra should only be one inch. Your second should only be one inch. Your third for women, it's six inches for men, it's eight inches. So I do, I, I, I know what those are supposed to look like. So I, I visualize those the way that they're supposed to look. Um, and just for anyone listening that, you know, might, might not be familiar with even how chakras work. There are tons of um, like YouTube videos that you could just say mm-hmm. chakra meditation that could walk you through that type of visualization mm-hmm. meditation. And this makes so much of a difference because if you're someone who struggles with anxiety, you're ungrounded mm. and you got root chakra and putting on that grounding cord, it makes all the difference. Ties um, you just to visualizing the it. Mm-hmm. But something else that um, I do in that practice is, um, what I tell other people and people that I meet with to use is a pool, like picture themselves in a pool and get all the leaves and all the gunk out and picture that picture that pool being the temperature that you find comfortable. Ask everyone to get out of the pool and to leave the pool and just let it be a place that's like relaxation for you. Um, and that's like your way of clearing your head yeah. and getting everyone's thoughts out of your head. So for me, I moved on from the pool and now I picture this meditation room. I don't know where it came from, mm-hmm. but um, maybe it's in my future house. But <laughs> cool. it's this meditation roll, room where I like I vacuum out the gunk. I move the toys out. I, I light my little incense and um, light a little candle and then I sit in this like chair. And it's that's like the way I clear my head and the way I get people's thoughts out of my head like if you've ever had some like um just something in your mind that you can't clear or like even a song Mm -hmm. you like can't fall asleep Mm -hmm. then I picture myself in there and I turn off the stereo Mm -hmm. and I ask that person to leave the room and it's like I've cleared my mind um so that's like part of that meditation is like clearing that space my grounding cord the chakras and then um I also picture a big golden sun above me mm-hmm. and I um, put everything in that sun that I want to embody love laughter um, presence playfulness I picture the fox running around mm-hmm. I just put everything in there money whatever and then I pop it and I let it fill up like my whole space mm-hmm. and there's a bunch of stuff that I do in that whole exercise that's a big 10 sometimes 20 minute thing but those are the most simplest ones that people could use um uh, the the rest is a little bit harder to grasp but i do that every single morning and then um on our not rush mornings uh, which i wish it was every morning me and my kids dance yeah and i love those instagram videos even when we're not having a good day sometimes soul will go oh my god we forgot to dance And it's like, we know, we know you want to have a good day or a bad day. You start it with something good Mm. that makes you feel good. Um, And um, so, so those are two things, movement, dance, because you can't like dancing is so powerful. So dance and then that meditation. And um, uh, the thing that I want to end to the end of my day is meta meditation, because Mm. that'd be so powerful before you go to sleep, sending someone love, sending yourself love. But that's not something that I've worked that's in not yet. something I've done, but it's something I'm working <laughs> on. I usually goals. run myself. Yeah. I usually run myself till I fall in bed. So, with you. um, but that's something I'd like to add cool. on to that. 
All right. Well, I want to get into the questions that our magic mob sent in because, of course, they uh, had a lot for you. So let's kick it off with at Rach Blair on Instagram asks, how do you respond to unexpected triggers in dating? That's a really good one. Um, So I think my triggers have most, most of them have to do with worthiness now um, because I'm not dating people who would ever raise their voice at me in an abusive way or that it would ever call me names. So I'm not really being triggered um, there. I think that um, it's silly things like um, just feeling worthy. Um, And the way I respond is through when something comes up for me, speaking it. Mm. So when I let it fester, it drives me nuts And it also gets so much worse because then I create a story in my head and I also feel less worthy because now I think I'm insecure and I think that I feel even more unworthy because I'm feeling unworthiness, you know, Mm -hmm. whereas when you can find a partner that lets you safely express your insecurities and your vulnerabilities, it is life changing. But yeah, for me, when a trigger comes up, I don't, I don't let it fester, but I also make sure I'm emotionally sober. I make sure to express it in a way that is non-threatening. And I don't know that that would have ever been allowed in my past partnership. So it, it only works. In, someone who's open to doing that. Yeah. Someone that allows that and that makes you feel safe in that space. But this year I have felt that here recently. So I feel really, really safe and comfortable letting what's stirred up in me, letting it come out. Yeah, I think that's the safe, that's the best thing to do is to express it. Because like London Winter said in her episode, there's going to come a time when you do feel comfortable sharing all that stuff. <laughs> so like might as well do it now. And if you're too much for him, then you'll figure that out, find out sooner now. than later. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's the thing is when we feel triggers, I think we often feel like we're too much yes. if we express them. And I, I've let go of that this year. And I've, if something makes me insecure and I mean, I mean, really silly. Like, like if I didn't like that he liked something on Instagram one time, mm-hmm. like that sounds so. That's like the worst. It I sounds think, for petty, a girl. but it's still an emotional. I mean, it still ha- it still triggers something. So go ahead. Yeah, like, but that's like one of the worst things I feel like us girls want to say is like, mm-hmm. "Hey, I noticed you liked this on Instagram," and that caption. <laughs> you liking that? It just didn't feel good. Like. That that's, feels so weird for us to say that, right. but um, uh, when you feel safe enough, and when you fi- and when you let it out, um, and it's accepted, um, and you see how they react to you, but um, but if you're feeling it, then it's valid. Too, and- I think because you've done a lot of the self work to know when your thoughts are true. To um, like you're you're being logical. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Instead of irrationally emotional. And mm-hmm. that's a huge, hard thing to reach. But I think because now you're in a state where you're pretty confident in the way that you're able to mm-hmm. actually look at the truth of something that you get triggered with, mm-hmm. you feel confident in bringing it up. Yeah. And also following up with, look, I have I have been cheated on by mm-hmm. every partner and I don't want to make you pay for their mistakes. But that's also why I'm letting you know that this is an insecurity of mine and something that I'm working on. Um, But I just wanted to let you know that that's that's in my space right now. Yeah. 
I, I feel like we have to share our triggers because otherwise, how are they not, how are they going to know how to make us feel safe and how, um, how are they going to know how to speak our love languages? Because a part, I feel like a part of speaking our love languages outside of the five that we all know is like knowing our triggers and knowing our childhood wounds. And if you pretend that you don't have them or right. if you don't speak them, then they're just going to get worse yeah. and they're not going to heal. You can, and that's another thing that I think that with dating, especially with you and I always being obsessed with growth is like, well, how can I deal with this? Mm -hmm. How can I heal from this and not make it his, make it mine? How can I become the martyrs? But but I notice that when I stay in that zone, but I also still voice that that's where I'm at. I remove the shame from it Mm -hmm. because I'm speaking it out loud and I feel more accepted. Um, but I, and if they leave, then, then there's someone that will accept it. But, um, or you, I don't know, uh, they just weren't for you, but, um, and that's, that is a scary thing, but you might as well find out now that you're too, that you, you know, it's too much for him or that, um, he can't sit with you in the insecurity or the uncomfortable or the vulnerable moments. Yeah. And being able to communicate that clearly. And so that you feel confident mm-hmm. in the way that you were able to um, communicate it is a is a whole skill on its own but I think working yeah. towards that is all what we call self-mastery you know being able to mm-hmm. do that okay yeah so to sum it up speak it yeah speak the trigger <laughs> speak it out loud with in truth you know in, in the truth in the core truth and of soberly it. emotionally sober non-threatening yes um do you have any advice on balancing your masculine and feminine energies? This question is coming from G underscore Dylan 11 on Instagram. Advice yes. on balancing your masculine and feminine energies. Go listen to our Maddie Moon episode. <laughs> or our Elima L- episode. And London Winters. <laughs> we have so many episodes about this. Because there was like something that we were really into for a while. Um, Still are. But we yeah. just integrated. Mm -hmm. I think that because I can usually see if someone's in their feminine or masculine um, and and I can usually see where most of their trauma is coming from their feminine or their masculine. Um, So I think also um, a really important thing is finding out where you hold wounds Mm -hmm. because that's likely the part you're suppressing or the part that you're letting overcome you. You know, that's where the imbalance is coming from. Yeah. And I think, so. too, you don't have to go deeper on that because go back and listen to those episodes Jade mm-hmm. mentioned. Mm-hmm. And they have they've given us so many exercises, um, different practices to employ to balance out your energies. And they are powerful. So mm-hmm. I hope you enjoy. Uh, Don underscore McGrudger on Instagram asks, how do you not worry about what others think or feel about you? Oh, I always remember that everything that they're saying and seeing is through the filter of everything that they've gone through. Um, and that whatever they're telling me, whatever someone's saying about someone, they're telling you about them and not as much about the person. So, um, negative and positive comments online don't, don't tend to affect me. When people make fun of my gap, it doesn't tend to affect me. When someone says I'm the most beautiful woman they've ever seen, it doesn't affect me because that that's um, filtered. That's just their filter. Their that's mm-hmm. what they're seeing through their experiences. And um, 
And, and when someone is being super hateful too, it's like, they're telling you about what they're feeling. It has nothing to do with you. Um, and anything, and if anything that has helped me feel that more, it's, um, a new earth Mm. by Eckhart Tolle and, um, the four agreements, of course, take nothing personal. Yeah. Don Miguel Ruiz. Mm -hmm. Also, we interviewed his son guys, Don Miguel Ruiz Jr. He uses those core basics from that book in his, um, other works and just in the way he speaks. Mm -hmm. That's a good one to listen to as well. Just keep telling yourself it's not about you. And it's not always what it seems. Yeah. I feel like it's those hard two to understand me. it's not about us when we're triggered. But it is so critical to understand that just hurt people hurt people. And that's mm-hmm. what that's coming from. Mm-hmm. Um, at uh, a chugga, a chugga, I don't know, <laughs> a chugga 16. And um, also pat underscore Kasky 68 on Instagram both asked. What event impacted your life most or what has been the most life defining moment you've experienced and how has it helped you grow as a person? Mm. That's hard because it could be that couple taking me off the streets Mm. or it could be me walking away from that marriage um, because that changed my life forever. Think about it. Like we wouldn't be talking right now. Um, Mm, or having your children or no, like starting yeah. this podcast <laughs> I mean it's yeah. so many moments I know I mean walking away from the situations that didn't serve me walking away from that marriage walking away from the past partnership I'd say that those were most transformative because they were what opened the door and made space for the most amazing things mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. clearing out cleansing your life mm-hmm cool Mm -hmm. at dewey underscore argyle asks are you still abstinent (laughs) no it did last eight months um and i think the lesson there was um because i was in an an unhealthy situation i thought that my sex drive was gone because um it felt gone but once i um rid myself of um you know all the unhealthy uh, of that situation and then spent some time alone it it replenished (laughs) um and i realized how sensual i really was but it also um helped me to in the first three months i wasn't allowed to be um intimate with myself either Mm. and then um in the last half i allowed that but it also helped me to get to know my body more um which was nice because i really I really had my pleasure, that part had been neglected for so long. So that being able to come, you know, um, back into my life was really powerful. Um, and, um, it was even some homework that I got in a ceremony was to do that every day (laughs) because it, it really does make a difference when you're orgasming regularly. It's really good for you. Um, another thing though, was that, um, once I did start having sex again, I had to find that balance because I started to get, um, Mercedes knows that like, once I broke my abstinence, I bought all the sex books and I felt like sex had to be (laughs) electrifying and like, Mm -hmm. it has to be the best ever right now. Mm -hmm. And I, I had to find the balance with like, chill. It's, it'll like, it's a process, you know, um, you don't have to do it all right now. So, um, I did find the balance there, but it was eight months is a really long time. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Kudos to you on that. 
Um, and it sounds like it's worthwhile, though, if anyone's thinking of trying it because they feel like. Yeah, I think six months. Six months is, is good. <laughs> yeah. That's what that was my intention was six months. And then I was like, all right. All right, world. I'm and ready. Then it, it just lasted eight. Man. I don't know. I'll keep flirting with the idea. And my husband keeps looking at me like, don't you fucking dare. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> uh, all right. At F underscore row six on Instagram asks threesome question mark. And I'm pretty sure he's asking if we'd be interested in a threesome with him. But I'm going <laughs> to give him the benefit of the doubt and pretend that because he heard that episode number 36 where we yeah. interview Kyle Kingsbury about his threesome with his wife. That this guy's asking yeah. if you've had a threesome, and if so, what was the experience like? If not, would you consider it? I've never had a threesome. Um, I did date a well-known celebrity in L.A. for a little while um, that I had a really deep connection with, and um, that was one of the reasons why I didn't continue is because he kept wanting to have threesomes, and um, I just, I don't know, I just don't have a desire to. Um, I feel like I'm one of the only people on earth who hasn't. Um, but I, for some reason, don't feel like I'm missing out. Um, I do sometimes have an attraction for women, especially Ruby Rose. And so there are times where I'm like, if my partner was okay with it, um, and he would let me do that and he could watch, but I don't want to have a threesome. I don't want to share my partner, but even that sounds selfish because he would be sharing me with that woman, (laughs) but he'd be able to watch. Right. So it's kind of fun for him. I don't know. Um, that would be something that like, you know, maybe that would be maybe a possibility, but I don't even know how, if that would be beneficial to the relationship. And if not, then I wouldn't want to do it. Um, but, uh, yeah, I have no desire to have a threesome. I have not had a threesome and I, I have fantasy about a threesome, but with two dudes and I would open it up to dream world right now that if you'd like to show me in my dream, if that's something I really want to do or not, that's the only way I'm willing to experience it at to. this point. <laughs> in your dream, it's like, okay, well let's do this, but it's a dream, but like, you got to kind of know it's your dream. Yeah. You can manipulate it the way you want. Okay. Um, oh, Mike on Instagram asks, what kind of men or women are you attracted to? Um, women, the most I've ever been attracted to someone is Ruby Rose. Um, but there was this other playmate that, um, I fell in love with in my twenties and, um, she just, she looked like a playmate, but, um, it was more that like, you know, she was curvy and beautiful and blonde and um but it was more that I felt such a soul connection with her um I just when I talked to her I always felt like we were the only ones on the planet but yet on another planet um (laughs) and so it was it was a soul connection but it didn't go anywhere I didn't know if she felt the same I didn't know if she liked girls Mm. um and so I and I never expressed it but um, but I did feel, I, I felt like I was, I was falling for mm-hmm. her. Um, and then, um, men, so it's not like a type it's, um, Ruby Rose is my type <laughs> visually. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that girl looked nothing like her. She was like, Ruby Rose is so skinny and she looks, you know, kind of boyish. You can tell she's a lesbian. This girl was like a playmate. Mm-hmm. Didn't even know if she was one or not. Right. So it's, it, I don't really have, um, 
It's it's more of a soul connection. And with men, people always say I have a type. You do. <laughs> <laughs> then you you tell it then. Well, if you're talking about looks, you have a type, but you used to have yeah, a type as far as personality because you were running an old pattern that I'm glad you're mm-hmm. yeah, rid of. Yeah, I don't have that anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so now I'd like to... Bye, boys. Bye, boys. <laughs> um, you like you like tallish, skinny. But then again, I've seen you date some short. I only stocky dated like one guys, tall guy. So. Well, yeah. okay, like not tall, but for you, everybody's tall. <laughs> yeah, know? that's true. So taller than you, um, skinny, and more like white boy, blonde, blue eye type type. Not necessarily blonde, blonde. See, I don't know. So I would say, um, I would say someone who, when they smile, their eyes smile too. Um, And um, someone, I like messy hair. Um, But I like, I feel like, because every time I put, like, I don't know. I feel like whenever I post someone that I'm dating, they're like, well, you have a type. And so I'm like, well, what do you mean? But, um, but I feel like I like muscles. I like muscles. Um, not, I don't, I don't need like Kyle Kingsbury muscles, Uh but I just, I like muscles. I like definition. Um, I like to feel like it's like a man that, you know, was like gonna, um, protect you. Yeah. Um, like some, like a healthy masculine. Um, but I like a big smile. I like someone who takes care of their teeth. Um, I like someone who takes care of their body. Um, I like someone who's super positive. Um, and I like, I guess, I guess if I had to guess when people say you have a type, it's because they tend to be like a pretty boy with some tattoos. Uh-huh. I think. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. And I like a, I like a defined jaw. Uh, but really looks still, I feel like I've, it's a soul connection. Like if they make me feel um, seen, mm-hmm. that's really sexy, you know? For sure. Yeah, no, I actually have seen you. I guess that's because who you've actually ended up in longer term relationship with has been a certain look. But mm. when we talk about like men who are attractive and for the reasons they're attracted to, a lot of the time it's mm. it has nothing to do. With, I mean, the guys don't it's... even aren't even attractive physically if you really wanted to look at it from that level. But because they like are so good at seeing someone clearly or being an expert in their field or confident in the work that they do or something like that, they become really attractive. We -hmm. have that experience a lot on the show because we delve so deeply into things with, with people who are um, experts in a lot of things we're really interested in. So I think it's, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) And we're always in ovulation, it seems. So (laughs) we're (laughs) easily influenced by these masculine wiles. You know what I really love, though, is when you look in someone's eyes and you see, like, purity and innocence, even though, Mm -hmm. like, no one really has, like, innocence. It's like there's this, like, um, innocent, like, um, intention, you know? It's like um, a gentleness. Gentleness is, like, gentleness is, which is funny because I dated so many fighters, but they have, like, some of them, you know, they had, like, a gentle spirit still, you know? Mm so gentleness is like something that really melts my heart and then just a desire to be a light to people um i mean i can post my list of 18 things on our story or something oh yeah that would have been good we could list out the 18 things that are on your list that's actually yeah let's do it right now we can cut it if we want 
So you have a list, mm-hmm. right, that I know you've mm-hmm. made and and um, currently you're dating someone who meets very, I, I don't know, is it all the, all the things on the list? He says he doesn't have two. Oh, but, two. Okay. Um, yeah. He's self, he um, graded himself, so I don't know <laughs> if we can call it accurate, but it's a lot well, better than just that's one. That's the good so. thing about him is that he is very transparent um, and very honest, but the thing, the lesson there mm-hmm. was when I made that list last November, there was something in me, like a really like strong inner knowing that um, if I walked away from the unhealthy situation, that I would know that man by next fall. It was oh. just like an inner, it was mm. fall when I wrote it, but it was like, it was just this deep inner knowing, like, you'll know this man by next fall. Um, and it was like, it almost gave me that urge to like, get rid of the yeah, unhealthy or else I was going to miss out mm-hmm. on that. Um, okay. So what's, then, this, what's, oh, go ahead. You have more of the story. Well, then when the man showed up, um, he said something uh, that like, Confirmed I don't know, something it. that scared me. Mm. And I was like, Hey, I just want to let you know, like I have this list and I'm being super particular about who I date. And instead of him being intimidated by it, like a lot of men I think would be, or by, or like him thinking I'm a diva or high maintenance, he was like, Oh, well, let me see it. Let's not waste any time. And I have a list too. I'll show you mine. And I was like, <laughs> like I was taken back. Like I don't know many men that would be vulnerable like that. Yeah. Um, and so he literally like wrote down what he felt about himself next to each thing. And I knew he didn't want to waste time either. So I felt he was honest. Um, but what happened, my lesson there was um, when it did show up fast, there was something in me that was trying to talk me out of yeah. it um, because I didn't feel, and Mercedes was the one who brought it to my attention. I didn't feel worthy of the universe delivering what I asked mm. for, um, especially so soon. Mm. Um, and so I was trying to tell myself that it wasn't real. Um, and Mercedes helping always helps me with my worthiness wound. But I, I, I also, it gave me that mindset of abundance. Um, and then, um, yeah, that was a really big lesson there. Just that we are worthy of what we manifest. Yeah. Um, hmm. that's a good line right there. Mm-hmm. Just um, because we're manifesting it, it means we're worthy of it. Huh? Mm hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Um, so, so what is on the? And then, oh, also the the last thing, the, another lesson there was that like when you're so used to trauma and things being um, like having so much angst around them that when something comes along that feels right and easy, that it can almost seem boring to you. And um, that's a yes. Mm-hmm. that's not the case. It's just that you're so like, I used to always think someone was about to be mad at me mm-hmm. or that, um, like something was going to go wrong. And in this amount of time with this person, um, I haven't felt that once. And that can almost seem boring, but it's not, it's this, just, I feel tied my to, brain used to be addicted to stress. Yes. That's what I was going to say. This ties to stress addiction, mm-hmm. uh, which mm-hmm. is such an interesting topic. And, um, it's so cool that you've been exploring it really on the podcast in real time as you're working through it. Mm -hmm. So, um, and that's a real thing. You know, if you're listening, we get addicted to these old patterns that aren't necessarily things that feel good being stressed all the time, being Mm -hmm. always worried that someone's going to leave you or whatever it is for you. We confuse that for chemistry and passion. Mm, So true. And so there was something in me that was thinking, is this going to be enough? Are we going to get bored? Right. Um, and, it, that's it's just because I was used to the unhealthy. Yes, I totally did that in my toxic. last relationship, so I feel you. Yeah. 
Okay. Tell me the list, though. There are 18 things. So number one is faith in God, quote unquote, um, that he leads me in my faith and lovingly challenges me. That's really important. Um, Number two, a strong desire to change the world for the better through how he loves people, sees people, and lives his life. Number three, has a desire to see the world and is a patient and loving travel partner. That's huge because you want to be able to travel with your yeah. partner. And I've had some There's not always doozies. easy. <laughs> it's not always easy. Number four, it takes me blues dancing and loves the French kiss. People laugh when they read that, but um, first of all, blues dancing is the way to my heart. And mm-hmm. I have not had many partners that would blues dance with me. It also means they don't have a stick up their butt and they're will- they don't care what other people think and they'll dance with yeah. a woman because they know it makes her happy and that says a lot um and then the loves to french kiss my last relationship i can count on probably one hand how many times we french kissed and i think that french kissing is more intimate than sex Mm -hmm. um i always relate it to pretty woman how when she wouldn't have sex with her (laughs) clients i mean she wouldn't french kiss them but she would have sex with her clients um number five hilarious i i love you know laughing is so it's gotta be hilarious yes hilarious number six lives a healthy lifestyle through his diet and activities i don't want someone who drinks regularly i don't want someone who drink uh, who um you know eats junk i want us to both abuses or sugar abuses or any of those things Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. number seven inspires me to be more positive Um, number eight is empathetic to others and his kindness brightens the day of all around him number nine financially stable and responsible Mm -hmm. Number 10, my children are thrilled to have him as a father figure. Mm. Mm-hmm. Number 11, he makes me feel safe. I deserve that after all I've been through and all the work I've done. I no longer want to live in fight or flight mode or be fearful in conflict. This means no belittling, name calling, breaking things. It also means that I know he is faithful and always has my best interests at heart. It means he makes me feel adored and respected. Number 12, he consistently desires to grow with me. Um, I want to read books together. I want to have talks about what, we're, how we're growing in our own lives. Um, but I, I really want to use the relationship to as a growth tool for each other. Um, number thirteen, he is emotionally and physically available. Um, number fourteen, he is a giver in bed and into tantra-like practices. <laughs> um, at least try, uh, you know. Yeah, just try to um, be expo- uh, experimental. Try. Why not? Yeah. Um, I don't want ho-hum sex anymore. Um, number 15, serious handyman and creativity skills because mm. I, so many of my friends' husbands are handymen and I just think that that their life is so much easier that and is, fascinating. That's on my unanswered list. <laughs> <laughs> number 16, he cooks for us randomly. I don't need him to cook all the time, but just take some weight off of the woman. Mm. Um, number 17, he makes me feel pursued and is romantic like he opens cars doors he buys flowers or cards from Mm -hmm. time to time doesn't have to be all the time but just little surprises that you know make you feel pursued Mm -hmm. um that he acts the way that he acted when he was trying to win you Mm -hmm. yeah number 18 he loves on me in the morning before checking his phone um yeah, it's a weird thing to put on a list, you would think, but that's my list. And um, he actually had a list, too, and I only don't have one of them, which is that she is drug-free. But it's weird because I consider myself drug-free. I just do plant medicine, and I didn't. I don't think of plant medicine as drugs. Mm-hmm. So that's the only thing I lack. Um, but 
I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Okay, we have a pick your poison from Nick on Facebook who asks, would you rather have skin that changes color based on your emotions or tattoos appear all over your body depicting what you did yesterday? Mm-mm. The, <laughs> mm-mm. <laughs> the, the color of my moods. You, you can tell already. What? People can tell what mood I'm in by looking at me. Well, you also can see the chakras and the auras and the colors already, so you mm-hmm. feel like that's probably just comfortable for you at this point. Mm-hmm. Okay, so <laughs> as you know, there's a few short questions we like to ask everyone who comes on our show. First off, if you could hug your younger self right now, what would you say? Mm, that life is worth living and that all of your prayers are going to be answered. Hmm. Well, I mean, some of our prayers aren't answered for the better, you know. Right. But but like the the life that I really wanted and that I had hoped for that 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 or something mm-hmm. better is going to happen. Mm. But that life is worth living. For sure. If you could have the whole world read one book, which would it be? You know, I always say Life's Operating Manual by Tom Shadiak because um I just feel like it's how it's like the whole world needs to read that damn book. But I am reading for the third time, um, getting the love you want. Mm. Um, and I just think that if it, it is, I wish that I could like memorize the entire book because it would have changed so much mm-hmm. it it tells you why you choose the partners that you choose why you're attracted to what you're attracted to um and there's like some imago exercises in it which is like um helping you reveal your subconscious i mean it's a really it's a it's a really really powerful book and really um has so many amazing tools and i the first time i read it i think it was 26 and i read it again when i was 29 and now I'm reading it again at 34. Um, and I can't, I honestly can't recommend a better book for people mm-hmm. because we all have triggers. Mm-hmm. We're all choosing someone based off of our childhood, right. all it's of us. Not consciously. So, we all think we're doing these things mm-hmm. consciously. It's all completely just mm-hmm. subconscious patterns. Yeah. So we all need to read this book. Okay. On the list. Put it on the list, people. All right. If you could whisper one phrase to everyone on the planet, what would it be? Well, I say it all the time, be a light. But um, the reason why is because we just, it sounds so cliche, but we really don't know what other people are going through. And we really um, don't know what people are hurting over. Mm -hmm. And we don't know what's the last straw for them. And there's so much darkness in the world. Like, I mean... It, it can be consuming if we think about it too long. But if we can just look for the light workers and be the light workers, um, we can balance it out some. Mm, I like that. So if you're listening to this, you already know where to find us here on The Magic mm-hmm. Hour. And, of course, at The Magic Hour, spelled M-A-J-I-C on Instagram. Um, but where else can people find you out there online and such? 
Uh, everything is at the Jade Bryce. I didn't have really any social media before I started Bellator. And um, I remember Mercedes was like, you got to get Twitter. And um, <laughs> this is how long ago it was. She was like, Twitter was the only thing. Uh-huh. She was like, yeah, you got to get Twitter. And so um, I tried Jade Bryce and it was some like 15 year old English girl. And um, I don't know, like, I feel like some of the fighters or like some models that were on there had the in front of their name. So I just did that. And then I just felt like I had to carry it on to everything else. Yeah. So I don't really like saying it. It's, it's the, the Jade, Jade Bryce. Bryce. <laughs> I don't really like saying it, but I did it on the spur of the moment when I needed to get Twitter yeah. and I'm stuck with it. Well, now it's you. It works. Cool. So find her there, people. And of course, we got to break into our magic tricks. Oh, Yeah. What do you got for us today, Jade? What kind of magic besides your entire interview can you bestow? So this doesn't sound like a magic trick because it sounds so normal and just advice-like, but nothing has changed my life more than um, the access of knowledge. That mm. like Nothing has changed my life more than like being able to just pick up a book on what I need and like devouring it. Mm-hmm. So if I'm struggling with something and I look up that book online and I just find the one that has the best reviews Mm -hmm. and the most, um, you know, life transforming seeming reviews. And then I get that one and I just, and it almost sounds like I'm distracting myself from the issue that I'm struggling with, but I, it's actually a way of like diving into it. And I, I just don't put the book down until I feel better until I feel like I've, I've, um, come a little bit closer to where I need to be on the subject. If I'm going through a breakup, I find some book about breakups. If I am dating the same person over and over, I get getting the love you want. Mm -hmm. If I feel like um, I've got a conflict in my mind with fear and truth nonstop, I get Tom's book, Mm -hmm. Life's Operating Manual. You know, it's like if you're taking things personal, you can get a new earth or um, struggling with motivation there's the motivation manifesto it's like anything you're going through there's a book on it and i feel like we just kind of dismiss like we take them for granted because books have always been around and we we just they're everywhere and it's like i think we sometimes forget like how um transforming transformative they can be um yeah there is a book on anything i agree and now there's audiobooks too it makes it even easier for us but yeah and YouTube. I mean, there's so many. That's the beauty of living in this age and why I would mm-hmm. not want to live in any other era mm-hmm. because but, it's just accessible yeah. knowledge. Knowledge. Yeah, it's power. And a book, like books have really, 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 really changed my life 100. because I feel like I've become friends with the writer almost. Like there's been times where I was struggling with depression so bad and I got A Million Miles in a Thousand Years by um, Donald Miller. Mm-hmm. And... I felt like I went on his journey with him or eat, pray, love as cliche as that sounds for women going through my divorce. I read eat, pray, love. Mm -hmm. And it was like, you go through the journey with them and they become your friends. And it's almost like you miss them when the book's done, you know? So, yeah. And I'd maybe just find a book that you need. I'd offer for anyone who feels like they hate reading that I used to think I hated reading. I used to think like, uh, reading's not for me. It's so boring. You know, I don't want to do this. When I was in school, it would be the least attractive thing for me to do. It's like, I don't want to spend my time doing that. And later in life, I hit some really deep, you know, rock bottoms for, for my psyche that 
I had no other choice but to figure out how the hell I was going to heal myself. And so I, I, you know, went to look for the, the knowledge that would get me there. And a lot of that came through books and being that desperate for, for help caused me to pick up a book and realize yeah. that, holy shit, all the information we need in order to heal ourselves is out there at there. our disposal. It's just a matter of typing in a keyword and literally thousands of options will pop up and it's just starting somewhere and just looking mm -hmm. into it and it will and then you'll you know you, you'll you'll read a book and it'll talk about some other book in that book or it'll talk about some other place that you can find more information on a subject you might be interested in or like when you listen to our podcast you probably end up with a list of books by the end of one episode so very quickly just by trying something that might spark your interest or you feel called to will get you mm -hmm. down a whole line of other things um, more refined for exactly what you're looking for yeah. yeah so to simply put the magic trick find a book that is just related to the topic that you need to work on in your life yeah seek the knowledge it's right there for you I like seek that the knowledge I'm yeah. right there with you that's definitely one of the most powerful things that I ever did in my life was start reading and now I read like <laughs> maybe too much at all it might be a part of an I addiction know. you know what I mean <clears throat> kind of it's a whole nother thing but I'm, I'm okay <laughs> with that addiction right now yeah all right so my trick today comes from our, our guest of honor Jade you <laughs> um so as a young child I, I feel like I hardened fairly early on because of some of the things I'd experienced in I even remember that I didn't really cry. I literally don't remember crying for any of my teenage years. And later, huh. when I when I met you, Jade, um, you were just like overflowing with vulnerability and empathy. And it actually triggered me um, to step into my big sister role, which I've talked to you about, and kind of be like protective of you in that sense. Um, but as time has passed, I've gotten to see how you wield those traits as strengths instead of weaknesses. And I've learned so, so much from you. So um, I think you learned or understood long before I did that hurt people hurt people and that there's no mm -hmm. such thing as evil. It's just pain expressing itself through someone's reactions. Um, and I actually have a story that applies here. So... <clears throat> I think we may have talked about this on on the podcast before, but I'm going to go into it again because it's worthwhile. When we were at Bellator, um, we would do the intros of the show where we would stand in the crowd uh, at, at the fighter walkout area and we'd be in our little booty shorts and halter tops and the crowd would be around us. We'd be cheering for the opening shot. And during one of these times... Uh, you and I were standing there and as we finished that shot, the cameraman, you know, walked away and we went to go walk to our seats. A woman behind us yelled, you got cellulite, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> and it was kind of, you know, it, the few people that were standing around there heard and we heard her say that and we were kind of just like, oh, that was rude and walked to our seats and a little bothered by it. But, you know, this woman was, it was like a middle-aged uh, plump woman, I guess I'll say, with, um, it was a few other women that were similarly aged and shaped. And so we went back to our seats and I, and you were still, we were talking about it, you know, it bothered us. And Jade, you were still considering how you were going to react to this situation because it was hurtful. And so you decided, and you told me, I'm going to go talk to that woman. 
And I was like, wow, okay, that's ballsy. Okay, do you? <laughs> and so you grabbed a security guard and you went to confront her. Um, you know, just the security guard as safety just in case anything happened there. <laughs> uh, and so you, you went up to her and you said, you know, that I heard what you said about me and about my co coworker, and that was really hurtful. Um, and as women, we should support each other. And you asked mm-hmm. her, are you hurting? Is there a reason mm. that you would say something like that? And she started crying, this woman. And mm-hmm. she apologized to you. And she said her husband often calls her fat and says mean mm-hmm. things to her. And so you went to give her a hug and, and she kind of just stood stiff. You know, mm-hmm. oh, I'm sure there's a lot to digest in that for her. And I was in awe, like, holy shit, they just... <laughs> they just... <laughs> <laughs> she just changed the game for me in that moment. I was like, what just happened? So now I can say, Jade, you taught me how to turn kindness and empathy into a tool of mass deconstruction mm. by finding um, a nonviolent way to communicate with someone in pain, trying to trigger you. It was like in that moment, I was literally witnessing magic. And um, I'm currently reading one of your favorite books, speaking of all the books that we love, Nonviolent Communication by Marshall Mm. Rosenberg, if you guys want to put that on your list, too, (laughs) (laughs) which is largely about how to use compassion, empathy and kindness um, in order to deconstruct a heated situation in the moment so that you can you can your reaction is helpful rather rather than um, hurtful. So that's my magic trick for you guys today. Seek out some tools to become a better communicator and learn how to turn kindness and empathy into a tool of mass dis- deconstruction. I like that. Yeah. You articulate it so well. <laughs> oh, thanks, Jade. <laughs> All right, that's it. This was a long one, guys. Thanks for sticking with us. And I'm sure now you are experts on Jade Bryce, <laughs> as am I. So um, we love you guys. And, and fam, I also wanted to, before we sign up, sign off, I just wanted to mention that if you're liking what you hear on the show, the best way to show us love and to help us get other important guests onto the show is to rate the show five stars right there in your podcast app whatever app you're listening in we'll give you that opportunity and if you could kindly write us a review that is how authors and experts and gurus mm-hmm. decide if coming on the show is worth their time so that would help mm-hmm. us so much in growing the show so if you guys like what you're listening to then please do us that favor yeah, that effort from you, Magic Moppers, would really do so much to help us along. I said that's how I choose my books. <laughs> so it is it is how people choose their podcasts. Yeah. So thank you guys for spending some time with us today and for taking this journey with us. If this episode held some magic for you, please also share it with your friends and family. And don't forget to join us on our Instagram page at The Magic Hour. We appreciate all your feedback and want to know what's lighting you up. Yes. And what? next week we'll be interviewing Mercedes. So stay tuned. Why am I kind of nervous for that? I don't know. I was nervous for this. (laughs) (laughs) You know me too well. (laughs) She can read my auras and my intimate thoughts in this moment. That's funny. Um, 
also, guys, we release a new episode every Monday. Yes, mine's going to be next Monday, but we've got a whole beautiful library of them stocked up now. It's so cool we can say that because we've been doing this a whole year. <laughs> so go listen to some of our past episodes. A year. Uh, I know. There is a year worth of episodes. There's a whole year worth of episodes, and they're pretty legit. I think you'll find some value in them. So we'll meet you there. Till then. Be a light. Big thank you to at Raytone Royal for our intro jam and to John Aaron Garza from Real In Motion Productions for producing the show. Stay magical, friends. <laughs> Three hours. So I think I think it has to be two parts, and I think yours should be two parts, and it should just be a month-long anniversary. <laughs> oh, we're not self-centered at all. We just have a month of us. <laughs> get to know your host (laughs) get to know your host very well (laughs) next up sexual attraction (laughs) quick disclaimer we are not medical professionals so following any of our protocols or advice should be done at your own risk people and please remember to always always do your own research Tap into that extraordinary growth mindset we all have access to within ourselves and seek out your own answers. Come on, guys, you know, you know the deal. And by the way, if you are a medical professional or an expert in any topic we cover and you feel we are not giving accurate information about it, please find somewhere to contact us. Contact us via social or email us at our website and let us know. A major goal of ours in doing this podcast is to bring value to people's lives by sharing helpful insights and info. So we welcome being corrected at any time and we'll be happy to share any of our fuck ups with our listeners so as to get us all back on track to discovering our happiest, healthiest selves. <laughs>